It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Courage with your hosts, Ray and Zach, today. Uh, well, who's screwed today, Handsome? Toyota and Honda customers. We will get to that in just a moment. Happy birthday to Susanna in the chat. Well, happy, happy birthday. birthday. We hope you have a great day. Want to let everyone know we are hiring over at Car Edge, caredge.com slash careers. Please yes. go fill out the application if any of the roles seem interesting to you. We're hiring for quite a few roles. So caredge.com slash careers. Now, Dad, are you suggesting for a moment that I should apply? You are welcome to apply if you would like to add more power to you. We just got new yeah. data that paints an incredibly difficult picture for what Toyota and Honda customers are going through. Experian just came out with their most updated quarterly analysis of vehicle registrations in the great United States of America. The chart that you are looking at on the screen, Dad. Yes. New vehicle market share through the second quarter of this year by top 20 makes and models. Okay. <clears throat> Eight of the top 20 yeah. are Toyotas and Hondas. 50% of the top 10 are Toyotas, Dad. Wow. Wow. What is that? What is that? So why do you say that that uh, that, that one Honda and Toyota customer is screwed? Because when you look at the only data source we have from Cox Automotive on market days supply of inventory, the two brands yeah. that have the lowest days supply of inventory are, drum roll please, you can see it on the screen. You got to be kidding me. Honda and Toyota? The two most popular brands in the United States of America for new car purchases are Toyota and then Honda. The two car brands with the lowest amount of available inventory in the United States of America are Honda and then Toyota. And then the reason those customers are screwed dead, look at the average transaction prices broken down by Toyota and by Honda. Let me pull that up on the screen for you. Toyota first here. When you look at this data, boom. When you look at this data, dad, the average transaction price for a Toyota is $42,800. And eight dollars. It has gone up significantly. Even just a normal Toyota, because that includes Toyota and Lexus, but even just Toyota is north of forty thousand dollars to get your hands on a new Toyota. And Honda yes. is, I guess, a little bit better. The average transaction price for a Honda is thirty-seven thousand eight hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Toyota sounds- and Honda customers are screwed, pops. Yeah, but that, you know, if I was a Honda customer, I'd feel a lot better knowing that I'm paying $5,000 less than than my neighbor who might have just bought that comparable Toyota. Um, which, which knowing both of those things would would send me to be looking at a Mazda and a Subaru and 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 perhaps a Nissan. Um, but yeah, it's I <sighs> They're they're screwed only because they want to be screwed. They walk into the dealership and they and they g- almost gleefully say, "I'm yours. Take me if you want me." Well, the automakers are the ones that are perpetuating this. Let's be very clear. Again, the top twenty vehicles sold in the United States. Let's start with top ten makes and models. You've got Toyota Rav Four at two point nine percent of new vehicles sold. So far this year, Ford F-150 at 2.6%, Chevy Silverado at 2.5%, the Toyota Camry, so the second Toyota, 
in the top 10 at 2%, the Ram 1500 at 1.8%, Toyota Corolla at 1.8%, Toyota Highlander and C- excuse me, uh, Toyota CRV at 1.8%, then Highlander at 1.7, Equinox at 1.7, and the Tacoma at 1.6. Five of your top 10, 50% of the top 10 most popular new cars in the United States of America are Toyotas. And those are the exact same cars. Let's, let's, Toyota RAV4, that's the most popular car in the United States of America. Let's do it. You know me. I love to do this live on the show. Let's go to the Car Edge website. You know, it, it's almost as if you should walk into, as, as a Toyota customer, you should walk into the dealership and you should have stenciled on your forehead, I'm ready to be had. Okay. <laughs> Offer me a soda. I'm yours. It is. There we uh, go. Yeah. Nope. I got to log in really quick. Give me a second, gang. We we will give you all the time you need because we live and die by your live experiments. So <laughs> this is a live experiment. Yeah. Supposedly this Rav Four has been on the market for thirty nine days. Supposedly, yeah. yeah well, and supposedly maybe that's from when it was invoiced to the dealer. Yeah, twenty seven days supply. So there's just none available. This is in the Washington D.C. market. Let's do Miami really quickly. Let's see what's going on down there. What's Miami three three one zero three? I think I I I, I don't nope, know. Nope, that can't be right. Bear with me for a second. Miami, yeah, three three one zero one three three. Yeah, that's my yeah, that's yeah three three one zero one. I'll commit that to memory. <laughs> and I usually use Miami for these experiments, so it wouldn't be bad for me to remember it. Yeah, let's go new in transit. In transit, this one's supposedly not in transit. Let's look at it. 21 day supply of inventory dead. Yeah. These are the most popular car. This is the most popular car in the United States. And, and still, we've been talking about this for a year. Still, they have no inventory. And if I'm not mistaken, it's because Toyota chooses to send these vehicles elsewhere, right? Well, um, uh, yes, because their profit margin in, in North America is much lower than it is in other parts of the globe. Um, so that I don't. I don't want to say that they're artificially constraining their inventory here in the United States, but it would appear as if <laughs> they might be artificially constraining their inventory here in the United States. Um, I don't know how you could be building more Toyotas than you've ever built in the history of the company, but you can't get your inventory levels even anywhere close to what the pre-COVID inventory levels were for Toyota dealers in the United States or in North America. So it would just seem to me that if production globally is higher than it's ever been, but your day supply of cars in North America is lower than it's ever been, that there has to be a conscious decision being made somewhere within the confines of Toyota that says, let's make it this way. It's just in my, know, in my humble opinion. I, I have to phrase that with my opinion. Shane wants to know why we use Miami instead of Orlando. Here you go, Shane. This is Toyota RAV4 in Orlando. You've got a 19-day <laughs> supply in Orlando, so even lower for the RAV4, for a new RAV4 in Orlando. And Pops, you bring up a really good point. Let's just go. Let's go down the thought experiment for a moment of why would Toyota potentially, in our opinion, restrict yeah. inventory in the United States. And it's a very obvious case. They make less money here. Their gross mm-hmm. margin, the amount of money they make for every vehicle sold is materially higher. Sometimes two, three times as much profit margin when they yeah. sell cars in other markets. And they've realized that they can still have 50% share 
of the vehicles sold, most popular vehicles sold in the United States. Because top 10, they've got five of the 10 spots. They have proven to themselves, we do not need to, to provide enough inventory in the United States, just enough to maintain our market share to the fact that customers absolutely love our vehicles. And that'll ultimately just lead to more pricing power, which is why I had queued up for the show dead. The fact that the average transaction price for a Toyota is well above $40,000. It didn't used to be above $40,000. The average transaction price for a Toyota in 2019 was $30,000. Okay. So they've allowed themselves to increase prices in five years by 25%. And they've got no incentive to change how they operate. Absolutely none. That's why I'm coming out here today saying Toyota customers are screwed. Like, what, what, in what world do you see Toyota going back to how they used to operate? I don't see it. I don't see it at all. No, that, why, why would they? And, you know, they, they have created enough raving fans and loyal customers over the last 50 years that some of these people are, are to a degree brainwashed to the point that they will, they will continue to pay whatever it is that Toyota is asking for it. Plus whatever it is that dealer might be adding to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just so that they can say, Hey, I got myself that new Toyota. Um, yeah. So part of it, it's, it's, it's not that the customers are screwed. It's that the customers are screwing themselves. Okay. It's it, that's really what it boils down to. Um, market share is based on voting with your wallet. Yep. And if customer, if, if Toyota customers are still willing to vote with their wallet affirmatively, that they will buy these Toyotas at these inflated prices then why is it ever going to change? It won't change until consumers change their habits. And apparently it's really hard to get a, a Toyota um, fan, um, much like a Tesla fan, um, to, to say, no, enough is enough. These prices are ridiculous. Uh, plus some of the quality has gone down over the, over the course of time. So it's, Nobody's screwing the customers. The customers are screwing themselves. They're, I'm telling you, they're walking in, stenciled on their forehead. I'm, I'm ripe to be had. Take me, okay? You, you, you don't even have to schmooze me anymore. Just, <laughs> just take me, okay? And, and that's really the way it feels at the moment. We've got from Tim Dad. This seems more and more like a permanent change. I don't think we'll ever see, quote, cheap cars again. I mean, if you think about how Toyota and Honda came to the United States 50, 60 years ago, they were the cheap and high quality vehicles that, that consumers had an option for. You've got to imagine that someone else will fill that void. And you can't look too far without noticing the fact that, and it's on the registration data, Tesla continues. Mm-hmm. Let me pull it up right here. Tesla on here, this is now showing you the most popular uh, vehicle makes year over year. Let me make sure that's up on the screen. This shows you the most popular vehicle makes year over year. And Tesla has jumped up to the ninth spot. Wow. Tesla used to not even be on the map here, folks, but they've jumped up to the ninth spot. Ford is number one in terms of total um, uh, Ford brand, and then Toyota second, Chevy third. But you've got to imagine someone else is going to run that Toyota playbook and kind of hopefully go against that comment that I just had up on the screen saying, no, this doesn't have to be the new normal. There can be cheap, affordable options. 
I pause to say quality when referring to Tesla, but still, I mean, cheap, hopefully high quality vehicle options down the line. And you see Chevy doing this a little bit with the tracks. Like they're mm-hmm. trying to compete there. They're trying to provide an option. So hopefully that void gets filled because that is, that is what gave Toyota and Honda the start in the United States. They filled that void perfectly back in the late 50s and 60s. And 70s, yeah, when 70s, yeah. when things really started to take off. Um, it's, it, it, I'll just go back to what I said earlier. It's up to the consumers. It's, it's up to the consumers to say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And what I mean by that is, I'm not going to buy it anymore. That's what you have to say. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to buy this stuff anymore at these prices. I'm just not. Do something about it, Toyota. Do something about it, Honda. Do something about it, Ford. I mean, when we keep looking at average transaction prices, and Toyota has said that they expect their average transaction prices to cross $50,000, Who's supposed to buy this stuff? Um, so it, it is it is entirely consumer driven, and in, until consumers decide that they ain't putting up with it anymore, that they're mad as hell and they're not going to buy it anymore, until that happens, we're just going to continue to see what we've been seeing. We are we are creatures of habit, um, and. You know, well, those that are buying them and complaining should, instead of buying and complaining, should just complain and not buy. Um, You know, and that's what it really should boil down to is everybody should complain and not buy, not buy the damn thing and then complain. I can't believe I had to pay so much. You're doing it in reverse. Unfortunately, our reach is not nearly large enough. Uh, Yesterday, we talked about stop buying new cars. Today, the real focus, obviously, on Toyota and Honda and the fact that they are the most popular brands with the lowest inventory in the country. From Leon Pops, I love this comment. If you had to bet your life on a vehicle lasting 10 years, would you really buy a Ford or a Stellantis product? All caps, no. I agree with Leon on this one. Yeah, yeah, no, so I agree with that as well. but but that doesn't seem to matter. I think the issue, Dad, is that you can make a really strong case as a Toyota owner um, or a Honda owner, but more a Toyota owner, that you are buying a vehicle that's going to hold its resale value incredibly well. The issue with that is a lot of people end up buying and then and trading out of a car within three years. So if you're one of those Toyota owners that's justifying paying you know a, a, an arm and a leg for one of yeah. these new Toyota vehicles, pretty much saying. Well, what do you expect me to do? Hold on to a to a Jeep for ten years? Of course not. I'm going to pay more. I'm going to get the Toyota. Well, the 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 hole to be poked in that argument is when that person goes and trades that car in three years. It's like it could make sense. You could justify it. You absolutely could justify it. But most people don't hold on to their cars all that long. A lot of them are flipping in and out of them. You know, every couple of years. Well, I I think I think in today's day and age. Um, more and more people are holding onto their cars longer and longer because they no longer find themselves in a position yeah. to be able to switch out of their cars. You are um, right about that. So that the average age of the vehicle on the road today is older than it's ever been, um, simply because people can't afford to to, to go get a new car. Uh, people yeah. are finding it difficult to afford to maintain the cars that they have. Um, so it's it's just 
the manufacturers wouldn't do what they were doing if there wasn't enough people to allow them to do that. And what I mean by that is if there weren't enough people to buy the products and the people are still out there buying it, even though the market is probably softer than what everybody thought it might be. It's, it's not so soft that it's caused fear and alarm um, at, at every one of these manufacturers, maybe other than Stellantis. Um, you know where where they've seen um, Ram sales down year over year, Jeep sales continuing to decline, and have been for a number of years. So there, I guess there are some brands where there might be fear and loathing, um, but for the most part, every one of these manufacturers are saying, you know, that PT Barnum line is there's a sucker born every minute. It's still true, and. And they realize it, and they're catering to it. <laughs> I want to come back to something you said, Dad, because the Experian data also had um, the average age uh, or age ranges of vehicles in operation in the United yeah. States. So what you're looking at here is 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. This top cohort are 12-year-old uh, vehicles, 12 wow. years or older. In 2019, 45.8% of vehicles on the road were 12 years old or older. That had dropped all the way down to 43.7% in 2021, and it has bounced back to 44.3%. Yeah. So most vehicles on the road in the United States of America are 12 years old or older. Look at the next cohort, Dad, 8 to 11 years old. In 2019, 15.3% of vehicles on the road were 8 to 11 years old. That has jumped all the way up to 20.6%. <laughs> okay. At the same exact time, four to seven-year-old vehicles have dropped from 23.3% to 22.1% and zero to three-year-old vehicles from 132 to 13.0%. So you have nearly two-thirds of vehicles on the road are eight years or older right now, and they are yeah. the growing segment of vehicles in operation in the United States. So my comment earlier about people trading in and out of cars every three years, that doesn't really hold water. Not happening. Yeah. People are holding on to those cars longer yeah. and longer. I spoke to your, your um, uncle last night. Oh, uncle, how's uncle Kenny doing? Uh, uncle Kenny is doing well, uh, soon to be 81. Informed me, informed me that, he looked down at the odometer in his car the other day and realized, realized that he he cracked 40,000 miles. He has he looked down, he had 40,189 miles. His car is 20, 2-0 years old, 20 <laughs> years old, and it took him 20 years to hit 40,000 miles. And I said to him, well, based on the fact that when you look down and I had 40,189 miles, you might have hit that number several weeks ago. But there's somebody who, and 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 his previous car to that, which was a Mazda GLC, stood for great little car. Um, okay. I think he had that one 16 years. He he is is the opposite of what manufacturers are looking for. Um, you know, he, he typically gets rid of a car every 20 years or so, whether he needs it or not. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Kenny is definitely, uh, the, the, um, uh, outlier, not, not the norm. Oh, that's oh he, he is. Sure. Yes. 
he, he's the Malcolm Gladwell of of car ownership. <laughs> More than ten thousand hours. All right, yeah. Dad, let's switch gears. I want to put you and our audience on the spot. We have the latest data from Cox Automotive for interest rates, average interest rates for new and used cars for the month of October so far. What do you think? I will give you all a hint. They have gone up. The average auto loan interest rate has moved higher for new and used vehicles in the month of October. Let me get your guess, Dad. What do you think the average interest rate is on a new car auto loan right now? Um. Well, the average is, it's over 9%. I'm, I'm going to say 9.37%. And for used cars, what do you think that is up to? 14.25. All right, let's get some guesses in the chat before I pull it up. So JS says 9.4%. Mark's letting us know that you can get 6.49 at his credit union. That's incredible. Yes. Susanna at 9.5. Don at 9.35. 9% from Jay Nagami. 11% on the used side from JES. Pops, how yes. would you feel if I told you that the average interest rate on a new car loan yes. is 10%? No, stop it. 9.95. Jeez. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 9.95 is the average new car interest rate. 14.16 is the average used car interest rate, right? So now. I was at least close on the on the uh, used car side. I was way off it at 9.37 um on the new car side. Oh my goodness. How does that um, sit with you, man? Like like how yeah, how does that sit? Like that's that's wild, right? <laughs> Those are some high interest rates, um, and and even saying that, we don't see a significant or major decline in the number of people that are still willing to go and try and buy a car. I want to take a quick peek, Dad. Let us actually come back over here to that 2023 Toyota RAV4 XLE Premium. We're in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. All right. You're going to out you're the door gonna... price is thirty nine thousand five hundred and twenty six. Let's imagine that the dealership adds, I don't know, probably a thousand, two thousand dollars. What are you thinking, Crapola? What do you think? Well, um, yeah, in Florida for sure. Yeah, in Florida for sure. So let's just add two thousand. Let's say it's now, whoops, Jeez. we're gonna save, let's call it forty two thousand dollars. Okay, I put any cash down. Let's let's say you put ten percent down, forty two hundred dollars. Not that you now, have it, but let's say I'm going to probably do at least 72 months. Yes. This is a new car, so I'm going to be financing it at 10. percent Do I do I have a trade in? Let's do no trade in no for trade right in. now. So, so we can see here, Dad, 654 dollar monthly payment, and that's on a 72 month note. If I do 60 months, we're looking at a 750 dollar a month payment to get into a RAV4, the most popular car in the United States of America. If we wanted to, Dad, we could also factor in the average negative equity on a trade-in right now is $6,000. So yeah. let's say I had a trade allowance of, I don't know. 10000 uh, and you 10, owed sixteen. Yeah. And I owed sixteen. Yeah. Here we go, folks. My monthly payment's <laughs> now $878. I'm financing... Forty-one thousand three hundred. If I bet you, if I put no money down, this loan I don't think would get approved. Well, and, and the out the door price didn't really change. The out the door price stayed thirty-nine thousand. Oh, whoops! That's supposed to be forty-two thousand. 
I mean, here's here's your case for how you spend a thousand dollars a month on a Toyota Rav Four. There you are. The ten percent interest rate. Holy cow, man! When are you getting one? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine waking up, checking my bank account, and seeing a thousand dollars gone. I just can't. I I literally can't. I don't. I don't feel comfortable with that idea. I really don't. What you are so un-American. Um, you know, we all have an obligation to keep this economy going, which means we all have to spend whether we like it or not. Get out there, handsome, (laughs) go find yourself a car, pay too much for it, agree to an interest rate that's too high and, and make America great again. Let's go, buddy. Come on, get it. Be part of be be part of of our society that is helping to grow the economy. Don't hold us back. Do not hold us. You are I'm holding about to us remove back. you from this. I'm going to remove you from the screen if you keep this up. <laughs> Dad, we've had some thoughtful contributions come in. Let's look at those and then go to our favorite segment of the show, Fly okay. Chomper Fly. We appreciate Thank the support. Subaru is great, but they rely heavily on custom build on demand. So buyer has to wait, which means they don't sell as much since less on the lot uh to a degree i you you can order a a subaru and i wasn't aware of the fact that you could literally order a subaru but you can um but i think i i still believe that most people want instant gratification and if there's something on the lot that is close to what they wanted they will buy it as opposed to order it and wait so um, I, I just I think Subaru has some of the most loyal customers of any brand out there. Um, they they they're they're like mini customers in the sense that there's no way you're getting a mini customer out of their mini. And and Subaru customers tend to be the same way. They are so enamored with the Subaru product. They ain't giving it up. Yeah, that's that's very, very true. Pops from Drew, a very you, thoughtful Drew. contribution. Thank you, Drew. My first car buying journey ended yesterday with me coming home in a Stinger at a fair price. The confidence you guys gave me to execute the tra- transaction and cut through the BS was worth its weight in gold. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, Drew. We appreciate it. I'm wearing my car. Oh, my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Struggling. My car edge shirt today, caredge.com. If we can help you buy a car, if we can help you sell your car, if we can help you protect your car. Three over three years into that journey, now we've helped over 60,000 people buy a car, which is pretty freaking incredible. Um, so Drew, thanks for sharing your story with us. It means a lot. That is. That is that's that's a just between just between the three of us. Um, that's a big number. 60,000, man. Yeah. Big yeah. Number. Yeah. Again, we are hiring at CarEdge, CarEdge.com slash careers. If you want to join our team, we are hiring for a bunch of different roles right now. So please take a peek from Fly Chomper Fly. We appreciate the contribution. People have no choice. Wait and waited how to replace a 20-year-old car. We are wow. hearing that more and more. We also have a video coming out on the CarEdge channel soon talking about the parts shortage. There's the parts shortage. There's the insurance premiums price. What's another P word? popping off. Um, There's all sorts of things going on in the auto market beyond just car prices being crazy. Uh, The whole world's crazy, but that's, that's another show for another day. Completely agree, dad. All right. You ready for our favorite segment? Really? You gotta be kidding me. 
All right, big news out of Lucid. They yeah. had 478 vehicles registered in the month of August. So far this year, they have sold 4,267 vehicles. That is not the really you got to be kidding me. The really you've got to be kidding me is the fact that their CEO made $379 million last year. And if you buy yeah. into this idea that the work you do last year kind of impacts the, the outcomes from this year, Yes. That would mean that the CEO, so $379 million, he's getting paid, what does that come out to, like $100,000 for every car they sell? More? I, I, How do you I am, on that? I am, you, you have heard me say, and people who have watched this show or watched any of our videos have heard me say, I am not a smart man. I am not a bright person. But there is no way you can convince me that there is a CEO on the face of the planet who is running a company that is losing, I don't know, $2 billion a year, let's say, that that the reward for such failure is, well, let's give him $379 million, see if we can do better next year. Why? Why? I mean, you know, there. The, I, I, I have said over the years, nothing quite succeeds like failure. And when you see something like this at Lucid, I mean, that just absolutely makes that saying true. I mean, how as a board of directors can you can you say absolutely he deserves three hundred seventy nine billion dollars, three hundred seventy nine million dollars? You know, without him, we probably would have lost four billion dollars. I mean, shut the damn thing down. <laughs> Okay, just I mean, nobody deserves a compensation plan um, that pays them three hundred seventy-nine million dollars when a company loses two billion dollars. It just it, the math don't math. There is something wrong when when that's the reward for that type of failure. Um, you know what I want to know. Is huh. is is we're actually making some money. Why the hell aren't we raking in the dough? <laughs> Dude, I can't get over the fact they moved 500 cars last month. And I'm just thinking to myself, so the CEO, so annually was 379. Yeah. So that means he's making, what is that, $20 million a month? No, um, $30 million a month. Three times 12 is, three, is 36. Yeah. So it's over $30 million a month. Yeah. For 500 cars, so there's just no way. There's no way those connect. Absolutely no way. Yeah, but, you know, they're expanding more and more into Saudi Arabia uh, simply because, well, Saudi Arabia is underwriting the whole damn thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's just, I, I, you know, maybe I have to befriend a Saudi because <laughs> uh, apparently they just like to piss away their money. Okay, you know, if they like you, they're giving it to you. Okay? You know, they just are. <laughs> I, I explain it to me. Explain it to me in any other terms. How does that work out? We're going to underwrite a golf tour, okay, and lose billions on that because, well, we like golf. We and, and, and we like Greg Norman. What the hell? Let's give them all a bunch of money, okay? And and we like we like the CEO of of, of uh, Lucid. Let's give him a whole bunch. I got to find me a Saudi that's got a lot of money that says, I like Ray. I just, 
I just like Ray. I want him to have some money. Okay. I, the whole thing is just like, I'm sorry. I'll be good now. But the whole thing's kind of crazy. <sighs> it definitely is. Definitely yes. is a little crazy. All right. Let's leave it there, Pops. We'll be back tomorrow for more You're news. You're not too far from the Saudi uh, embassy, are you? Let's, let's go take a walk <laughs> over there one day. <laughs> don't think that's quite how that works but i appreciate i appreciate where you're coming from you can't like we to be just asked. knock on the door and they go what do you want we're just looking for a friend okay can't we do that you know we're just looking for a friend a benefactor i'll be good now <laughs> tomorrow noon eastern 9 a.m pacific we'll be back for more news you can use pops thank you no no thank you uh that that i you you set me up perfectly today (laughs) (laughs) see everyone happy birthday susanna yes happy birthday susanna love you handsome see you tomorrow